Welcome to the Sober Podcast, hosted by Jack Herovich, talking all things mental health, business, finance, and all-round shit talk. We'd like to thank our sponsors, T-Boy, Performance Ice Tea, and Hiatus Non-Alcoholic Beer. Hey, that sounds good. I, I can easily do the elevator pitch. That's that's no dramas. But um, uh, my name is Dalton Henshaw, and I am the founder and CEO of Bullfrog. Bullfrog is a creative business that specialises in advertising, marketing, communications, um, and at the core of everything we do, um, creativity for some of the biggest brands. Um, in the world as much as uh, national brands will recognize and then equally um, incredible startups to help them scale their business depending on where they are in their life cycle. So Bullfrog's three years old, uh, which has been a pretty incredible three years for me personally, but equally so everything that's been achieved is a pure reflection of the brilliant people around me. So it's been an incredible three years. Uh, The team has continued to grow. The work has continued to grow. um, And really, I'm just one person representing uh, 30 odd people or close to 40 odd people that are just so passionate about what they do uh, and equally are wickedly brilliant and a lot smarter than me. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, um, I like how you said that, how it's, you know, it really is about the people around you and uh, success comes from, from those within. So, um, so you say the company's three years old um, to this day. So in terms of like what mm-hmm. kind of Led up to that, like what kind of was your your background? I guess were you always in in the media, kind of advertising sense, or did uh, did this just come out of thin um, air? Or... Not thin air, but I think um, so. I've ju- I've just turned thirty years old, and at the age of nineteen, I started a, a publishing business called The Tailored Man, which was. Uh, a big reason to where I am today and, and a huge reason for me finding the passion and wanting to be and build and start Bullfrog for what it's turned into in the last three years. The Taylor Man pretty much opened my eyes to the whole world. Uh, I didn't necessarily went to didn't go to uni to study um, media and communications. If anything, I was looking to go down a medicine path, which is quite interesting considering what I do now. And for me, it was just the start of the coming to of realizing my true passion. Uh, and that has been at the start of business problems and actually being able to solve them with creativity. I look back in the last 10 years of my life and, and it's been absolutely incredible. I've never had a real boss. Um, I've only ever worked for myself in my professional career, which is quite um, interesting and and not as common, but there's plenty of people doing exactly that. And and for me personally, I look at myself and everything I do has been culminated, especially bullfrog and chasing passion and things that I truly wholeheartedly believe in. And me as a person for the rest of my life right now, I characterize myself as a storyteller and a business builder. I've been very lucky uh, on paper and equally out in the world to have built some successful businesses, work closely with my beautiful wife behind the scenes and with bullfrog team members and helping build one of the largest online wellness platforms called keep it cleaner but now kick um and the last 10 years have been nothing short of incredible i had like a weird moment at my 30th two weeks ago and just been like what the hell have i done for the last 10 years and not in context of i've done nothing but in context of holy shit does the next 10 years is the next 10 years going to be as good because i don't know if it is and no one's ever going to know what's in the future. Each day you just get presented with choices that you get to make. But for me personally, the last 10 years have been nothing short of incredible. But what will always be in 100% consistent in my next 10 years or decade, I love how I'm in decades now, so I've hit my third now, I'm in my fourth, is I'll always be a storyteller and a business builder. And that will be the core thing that I'll continue to do the rest of my life because it fills me with so much joy. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And it is, yeah, you're right. It is, I suppose it's weird for you looking back into, you know, the back the past 10 years and then going, going, yeah, will it be the same or will it be different? Or, you know, continue, I guess it's only got to continue to get better and better with, uh, as time goes on and, you know, you continue to build out. So we hope, but as you said, we can't control the future. No, I, I think, and it, and it will definitely change and it'll definitely be different. We all evolve. I've grown so much from when I started my first business at 19 after school yeah. and, and to where I am 
today and the experiences that go on that you take those learnings and then they you know forge how you approach certain decisions the day after or certain situations and I think for me personally it's been such a you know it's absolutely incredible to be surrounded with people I am now but everything over the last 10 years I guess to the point of being asked on this podcast culminates in three years of probably more success in some ways um not that the taylor band was unsuccessful it was just naturally as a founder i believe you have to be wholeheartedly passionate in what you do every day and uh, and it wasn't the fact that it wasn't successful i just decided to wind it down because my passion truly started with being at the start of the business problem versus the end of it which is very typical as an advertiser or publishing platform is receiving something after it's gone through many layers and and equally now saying tell your audience and community about what what this means to them and it wasn't the fact that I didn't love the work or it wasn't profitable or successful or anything like that it's just this was my true calling and I love building something knowing there's a problem to solve and then solving that problem through the lens of creativity I believe it has more of a role in businesses versus just what we market or talk about our business in the open world yeah absolutely and yeah that kind of creative aspect as well and working with you know amazing brands too i was you know had a look at your website um and you know hugo boss mercedes-benz it must be pretty epic to 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 look back and continue to know that you do work with those kind of top tier brands and what was it like you know obviously whether you know it was a pitch or you got called up to the to the task was it um did you ever find it like daunting or overwhelming at the start when you started you know communicating with these brands or was it kind of you and your team going, oh, we've got this, you know, let's do it. I would say it's a com- <laughs> a combination of um, unwavering ambition and uh, naivety fueled together. Uh, I think a lot of things in business and growing your own business, you don't know what tomorrow will bring, especially in the world that we live in from a marketing, communications and advertising perspective. But I think for me, there was, there's always been fire in the belly. There's always been hunger. I've been a very ambitious person for most of my life and putting one foot in front of the other is as much as how I try to wake up each day. Not that it necessarily has to go in front of the other. Sometimes it goes left, back, forwards and all the above. But I think for me, that ambition and naivety probably forged me into uh, starting Bullfrog and not necessarily coming from an industry and knowing a hell of a lot about it. Definitely knew enough, but the things that I've learned on starting a business on the doorstep of COVID in pretty much end of Feb 2020. And then two weeks later, shutting down our first office and going into lockdown for the better part of, what was it? 256 days. Um, it, it was nothing short of incredible. And to grow during that period is, you know, there was definitely a point at the start of that journey being like, oh shit, what have I done? Um, and I think we always have those things that come to us, they're challenges, but I'm extremely grateful to be sitting here three years later, the team and you know, equally building one of the best independent creative businesses in the country is a byproduct of a bunch of great people believing in that we can do it. So I guess it, in answer to your question, ambition is one not just shared by me, but everyone in this building and every team member at Bullfrog, but um, the hunger and drive and a little bit of like naivety of what could lie ahead has definitely helped forge that forward and that unrelenting um, and unwavering sort of commitment and belief in what we do has been a big fueling fire and, and it can't just sit with one person or the place will never grow. And that's where I have to, you know, equally, and you'll hear me time and time again, talk about the impressive people that have come on this journey and whether they've been there um, as full-time, part-time contractors, our partners that work closely with us, everyone plays a role in building what this incredible team's been, but, Equally, it's really simple of why it's worked because we focus on the people first and and the people are the key byproduct of why these this industry is so great. Um, but for me personally, I'm wired and driven to make sure I'm unlocking the potential of other people around me and is a big point of my why, so to speak, is making sure that people succeed in life. And that's everything we do at Bullfrog from our strategy, how we grow to one day openly talking about there, there should be someone that should step into the CEO role from a day to day and, and take over me because there's far smarter people already in this business. But right for right now, I'm in the place that role I should be. And that's not going to change anytime soon because I've still, if anything, I feel like we're still at the start and that ambition is just as stuff. And 
we've still got so much left to prove as a business as much as you know some of the work that we're releasing towards the back end of this year is is quite incredible and the impact on people's lives that it may have and so yeah it's a bloody privilege to do what i do and it's bloody privilege to do it with a bunch of incredible people around me too yeah it's amazingly said but um and i yeah i didn't yeah obviously the three years going through COVID and you know launching you know almost using that as a launchpad in some sense how was in terms of the industry that you're in how how was that affected by COVID? obviously you know having people work you know just what, what i would say would be a fresh team working remotely and you know what you said about closing your office but as a as a business as a whole where did you see obviously we obviously saw some you know some um greater improvements or was was it a struggle or because you know obviously a lot of sectors struggled during COVID. yeah I, I look i think in the numbers and the growth like we were one of the lucky ones that could continue to work fully remotely and and efficiently work for that and not everyone had that opportunity and i think it's a real privilege to be able to say that we could all work and grow a business in a fully remote workplace i think knowing that we launched the office with a team of five people and then grew pretty fast off the back of that we didn't really know anything different so i guess it was like you know what it's a challenge we're just going to work on it together uh we were very lucky to the fact that the work i guess continued to grow and our reputation continued to grow with it and i think that in itself is a testament of the team but it's also you know what sometimes you just need to run head first into the unknown and COVID was unknown for so many people and we didn't really know what uh, was going to present itself on each every given day, especially for a lot of people in Melbourne at that point in time. And what felt like, you know, a very, very, and equally the numbers say it, <laughs> longest lockdown in the world. I think, you know, the ability to come together and what the team at Bullfrog have done in growing and, and coming out of that and now trying to readjust to a world that is a little bit more what we were used to prior to COVID. We've still taken so many of those principles because it's shown the ability for us to to grow in isolation, but force that culture and communication across each other to build those relationships more effectively. And a big thing we talk about at Bullfrog is making sure you go beyond the surface layer with your team member and with the people around you and not just your transactional relationships, like what sometimes can feel, log into a Teams meeting, have a conversation, log off, go be isolated by yourself, do some work, go back into the next meeting but not ever pick up the phone and have communication beyond that. And we tried a lot of different ways, whether it was silly cooking lessons where I was making an absolute deal of myself or all little tactics to make sure we were coming together, even in the confines of our own home. And you know, I think there was a statistic at one point where it was two years onto our journey and we'd only spent, um, or coming up on two years, like we'd only spent six whole weeks together as a team. Um, and six weeks, you know, that's just over a month. Uh, that's pretty scary <laughs> when you think about a two-year journey. And and I think that's a testament to the growth that we achieved during lockdown and remote working, but now those principles still live in our business and we're a fully flexible workplace um, that, you know, in, pretty much has taken some of the best things that we've all, I guess, a lot of business have taken from remote working and flexibility and injected into our day-to-day. -day. Uh, and I think that principle was something that we were adopting quite early in the piece. It wasn't something we just thought about. It was just... For us, it was always about, and me personally, starting Bullfrog is we're largely a deadline-driven business and that deadline drives the outcome and, and what we do. So I think providing you, we hit those deadlines and those what we need to do from a work perspective, I don't mind where anyone works from. And if anything, for a business that has that ambition to work with some of the biggest brands around the globe, uh, we know that we want to operate and creativity has no borders and nor does the ideas that we've created. And we've seen that with some of the work that we have done that has traveled around the globe or gone through news news channels across India, the US and all the above, that is this pretty much shows the power of an idea that can be uniting and not have any barrier, even when it comes to language, cultural background or differences, sometimes things can disconnect and, and go around the world. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, if you can get through that period and kind of gelled you together and you know, kind of thinking outside the box where you're running cooking shows and, I suppose if you look now and you thought, you know, look back now, you're like, wow, you know, you really had to create, you know, and as your team does on a daily basis, they get these creative ideas to, you know, formulate a, a good bond between each other. But yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it's incredible for, I think, any business to get through COVID, but to do it so well as you have done um, is, yeah, hats off to you guys. So um, obviously the, the question I, I really want to ask is where did the bullfrog name come from? 
There must be a good story behind that. <laughs> yeah, it's an ugly bloody frog for a team that does some nice work. Um, quite a fascinating frog, though, but I won't do too many frog deep, deep dives uh, because that's definitely not where it started from. But do you know what a group of bullfrogs are called? No. An army. So without going down too many of the tropes of what we'd assume army is, the thing that I took out of the process, I actually tried to not name it bullfrog. I just sort of plucked that out of the thin air and had some analogy around being the pest of the advertising space considering we hadn't come from it. So we're going to go infiltrate it, take over it, all the above, which in somewhat is not necessarily untrue in certain ways and shapes and forms. But the thing that really resonated to me was an army. I have a big thing around having each other's back and moving towards a common goal together. And I, I do think beyond you know what people may think, I think from what we know or the movies will say, an army moving towards a common goal or a common mission is a pretty powerful thing to stop. And so for me, it always comes back to us having a shared vision together. And that's really resonated. And that was a big reason why I didn't change it um, at very early stages because I was just like, that is a really strong reason to have each other's back. I'll never call this team a family. A family is something you don't get to pick. People get people get to pick where they work. And I think there's a real big distinct reason. And I think having that principle ingrained in us is a really nice story as much as we don't necessarily share it. But I think our growth to date has been very much aligned around a shared vision and ambition that we all come together with. And we've moved and delivered across that with our incredible partners but also for each other when it comes to connecting and supporting each other through life's ups and downs. I've never seen a team and I've been a part of a team that will jump to help so fast as much as every individual in this team. And that's fills me with so much joy, but it just comes from hiring incredible people first and foremost. Then second, they're wonderful skills that come with that too. And so for us, you can't have one without the other and or else it just doesn't work. Yeah, no, I like that. It's, uh, there you go. Um, next time I see a heap of bullfrogs together. I know what they're called. Um, and, I love, and I love the reason. Yeah, <laughs> One second, man. Just ask another question. I'm just going to see my laptop is running out of battery. I'm just going to see if there's a laptop charger. All good, mate. Yeah, love a, we love a few bloopers. A few bloopers. I don't want to don't want to cut out on you as much as my microphone would even work. Um, good, as long as you don't break into one of your... once. We'll be good. <laughs> now, nah, oh, one sec. Sorry, mate. Mate, all good. Not a problem. Have an interim break. <laughs> yeah. Good to go. Beautiful. Um, so I guess, like, obviously, um, and it's great to see you kind of um, sharing your, I guess, all sides of being you know, in the position you are as CEO of a, you know, a successful and thriving company. Um, and, you know, obviously there's positives and there's negatives in every role, whether, you know, you're a cleaner or a football player or a CEO or a managing director. What has been, you know, yep. moving into the role, like what have, what have been some, some big challenges for you and, you know, obviously some big positives as well. Like um, I'd love to hear about, you know, what kind of hurdles you've jumped through to, to keep going in the role you are and doing so well. Um. Well, it's a brilliant question. I think as someone that is so motivated, motivated to get the best out of people, people can be the most rewarding and challenging things, things, challenging part of being a leader in any context. There's sometimes things, and, and when I mean about the things or the, the certain scenarios you find yourself in, for me personally, everything I do is about unlocking the potential and making sure people have life success. And I know that sounds so lofty. And so, of course, you're going to freaking say that, like every every leader says that. But 
I wholeheartedly believe it. I believe I've been exceptionally lucky to do life backwards in so many ways um, in holding, only been able to have incredible people that I take it personally responsible for putting food on the table and I take it extremely seriously. And mm. to the point that it really hurts when um, I see people not having some of the, the outcomes they have in their life. And I think I've been lucky, but also it pains me. I've seen some people go through some really tough life situations in this team and things that they haven't been able to avoid. Um, you know, one, and, and she hopefully doesn't mind, but one of my incredible creative leaders has had an absolute journey when it comes to her health and in the last couple of years has survived breast cancer twice while having two kids during that time as well. And and that's been a three-year journey, I think, for her. And, and she started uh, and slowly eased back after um, not necessarily being out of the woods and still isn't very much today. And she's one of the most gifted humans I've ever met and just one of the most quality individuals. But for when you invest so much in the people that come through this door, and like while I said, it's definitely not, I'll never call them a family. Like I literally, the biggest thing, if you have a team and a policy of going beyond the surface layer, that means getting to know every individual. And I take that personally, whether it's one-on-ones, month-on-month, or just going for a yarn and going for a coffee with everyone. I'm not the person that hides in his office and makes calls behind glass walls. Is I will walk the floor, I'll do anything. I'll mop the floor, I'll do anything it takes to make sure this team is supported and growing. And the biggest challenge is, is when I can't necessarily help uh, and I can't necessarily create an environment. I can't necessarily control. I can control a lot of the things that come in here. I can set a framework for allowing people to succeed. But sometimes life steps in and makes it really tough for the team. And you know, everyone has things that happen in life that is out of our hands. And and it's my toughest thing is seeing the like emotionally. I take on a lot of it, and it's something that will never change because I care so freaking much. And for me, it's seeing people like uh, my wonderful friend Ellie, who I was talking about before now healthy and thriving and it's just some of the most like you know the conversations we've had over the journey the tears the all the things that she's been with us now for nine months and to see her healthy and out of out of the woods for now and making moving forward is one of the most satisfying things you can have so my answer is one of challenge when i say people it can be the most rewarding and most challenging because the challenge for me that i take really personally is the personal tax because i talk about it all being life at the end of the day it's not work-life balance because work-life balance to me just does not exist when you have a bad day at work. You go home to your partner or whoever you're with, you talk about your bad day at work and that's automatically blurring life. Or you talk about your wins at work and you do the exact same. It is all life at the end of the day and I want to be able to support people and watch people, which we have, have their first kids and you know have buy their first houses and, and all these things, which are fucking incredible, or overcome incredible medical journeys, which to me that it... That is the perfect answer. And when people hear it's like been the most rewarding, most challenging. It's like because we are all individually different and we are all individually brilliant and all of our stories are individual. And that doesn't, you know, we bring all that into a common place to have a shared goal and ambition together. But then we go home and sometimes we have to front things by ourselves and with our partners and family and all the above. And I just never wanted to create an environment of that. So with having and going beyond the surface layer comes with an emotional tax where you care so freaking much, but it's sometimes tough. The tough part is is separating the personal investment you make and sometimes having to make decisions on behalf of the business, which are not necessarily easy. And, you know, you have to be able to separate both minds, which I find extremely hard, but I'll always be that person. So I, um, I'm setting myself up for some of those tougher things and, and I've had to make some tough decisions with team, people, work, all the above over the journey. But that's also the role of the CEO. And it's not just the founder. Uh, the founder can be one thing. It doesn't necessarily mean they have to be the CEO. It doesn't necessarily mean they have to play an active role in the business day in, day out. I, my ambition and my fire of driving this team to where it is is wholeheartedly some of the best things that I can do day in, day out and making sure we continue to grow as a team and build a culture that is infectious, that has each other's back, as we've already spoken about, and goes beyond the surface layer, not just with ourselves, but our partners too. And I think for me, that is the number one thing for me that I think is the most rewarding and challenging thing about feeling what I do is that at the heart of everything I do is people. And it is the biggest privilege. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's, um, yeah, going back again to, you know, how much you believe in your team and 
uh, how much gratitude you have towards them too for you know where you and your company are now. I think is uh, is amazing. And I think sometimes you know it can get lost in companies too. Um, kind of comes about the you know the person that started it. Yeah, all the other people that really lifted it up. Um, you know, don't yeah. get the credit that, you know, in some cases that they deserve. Um, obviously, like you know, with that kind of um, you know, pressure of making sure everyone's accommodated for everyone's. Uh, feeling the best, uh, you know, of their abilities, what kind of, um, you must take, you know, a fair bit of stress home or, you know, you must have, you know, you route your out bad days and good days. What do you kind of do to, to manage the stress and the, and the workload? Cause you know, I imagine you'd be doing some pretty, pretty solid hours during the week. So what, what kind of things do you, you know, make sure that's your daily routine to, to ensure that, you know, you can fire at your best for your people? Um, I am pretty big on routine and on certain rituals that I abide by. And I think for me personally, uh, yeah, there's good days, bad days, tough days, busier days. Um, you know, we all come across those in life. And I think for me, it's essential, like it's not necessarily stress, but there's a right amount of pressure to make sure I front up, um, the best I can be and set myself up and prepare myself to be the best I can be, you know, not just Monday to Friday, but every day of the week. You sign up to that to run and start your own business. You have to be putting your best foot forward most days of the week, I believe. And some days will be tougher than others. But I'm a big, as you probably, we've sort of spoken about and touched on, is I'm a massive believer in preparing right and making sure you're doing the things to set yourself up for success. And that can be as much as having a good sleep routine, protecting space with your wife, to have a good, genuine conversation versus sitting on phones, watching technology, TV shows and all the above little things like protecting dinner to make sure we're having time, it's connection to allow me to unpack and then we unpack together both running, um, you know, very lucky to be running some incredible businesses. And for me, I try to do everything I can to make sure I can be present in every conversation, every action and decision. And I'm not making things when I'm not necessarily setting myself up for success and setting myself up for success comes back to having a strong routine, knowing and being self-aware enough to know when I'm probably burning myself out and I'm not in my best frame of mind to be even able to have a meeting. And I really over analyze that because I don't want to make sure time is so precious. We are running it. Well, this is a very morbid thing to say, but we are only losing time. We're not necessarily, you know, gaining it per se, but if we can gain it and make things more efficient and then the intention is right, people are going to appreciate it a lot more. They're going to appreciate the person that comes to it. And even to the point that we spoke about today is, I really didn't want to jump on a call with you without being 110% present. And even to today, just you've been so accommodating and just allow me just an extra half an hour of breathing room. I, I don't take that lightly and I generally appreciate that, but it also allows me to come 110% focused and committed versus thinking about the 10 million other things that I could be doing. And I think, you know, you need to create that space exactly for yourself. For me, it was just, I just need half an hour to be like, okay, it's Friday. It's been a big week. I've been in Sydney. I've done this. I've done this. Through this. Great. Now I can be fully present to have a conversation with Jack to make sure it's worthwhile because I generally appreciate the opportunities to share stories and share knowledge with people and just have a conversation. But for me personally, I do these things and sometimes people are like, ah, is it, why, why has he shuffled this out? And a lot of it comes back to making sure I can intentfully rock up. And sometimes I'm not always going to be able to create that space and that is okay. doesn't mean I'm going to be shit out some rocking up to a meeting or whatever it might be. But I think for me personally, it's really important if I can and the person understands the context of where it's coming from as much as people listen to it, it's really important to vocalise it where you can and where you can actually control the outcome a little bit and put forward the fact that if I just have this little breather or I go create some space for myself and my family just to have, I just need some time off for my own head, physically, mentally, it doesn't matter. Um, time off doesn't necessarily mean going away on a holiday. Time off could just be like, just need the rest of the afternoon like i just need to collect my thoughts and i urge most of my team if you're just feeling overwhelmed and there's so much happening and we are busy just put the hand up and say hey i just need a couple of hours or i just need to hey take can i just finish up on friday a little bit earlier one million percent mm. that's the type of space that we create be transparent tell the team how you feel you can do that even more so when you go beyond the surface layer and i think that's a really important thing that i live by but i also push for the team is some days really, really busy and our heads are spinning. Go for a walk, take a breather, maybe push a meeting back that doesn't necessarily have to run in just for today. 
well, it's such a hardworking team and advertising is pretty much always on. There's not really a turn off switch. And, you know, I think for me, it's making sure people know that they ha it's an okay and safe space to put their hand up, myself included, and say, sorry, guys, I'm just not, I just can't do this meeting for this reason and be honest and transparent. Yeah, 100%. And I think yeah, that, that, I think that's incredible too, that, that that's part of your kind of culture, I think. Yeah, yeah that is a big kind of switch where it's like hustle and grind culture and, you know, you, you start to see people getting burnt out. I know I've experienced personally myself and it, it's not a nice feeling to you know to push yourself to the limit where your body actually has to you know physically make you ill in order for you to slow down yeah. um, so that, that, that's incredible and obviously um uh like with you and your family um with your wife you know laura having kick um and you know being super successful so i have to admit i'm a bit of a, a fangirl um of, of, <laughs> of kick and have been following yeah it makes two of us um so it must be great, I guess, you know, and understanding when you do come back and you've got, you know, you want to offload or share stories from the day. And I'm sure she does the same with you. Is Do you find that as a, a huge benefit towards your success um, that you've got that kind of CEO wife, CEO husband to be able to really collaborate and share ideas and also struggles and that understanding more or less? It's... Um... I'm going to steal this quote from Laura, who didn't steal it, got given it by an incredibly successful female founder by the name of Janine Ellis, who we know quite well across Australia. And she said to her, uh, your number one choice in life is the partner you choose to spend your life with. And not just your choice in life, your business choice, especially from a founder to a founder. And having that understanding with Laura, as much as both been in similar positions, but totally different industries and fields, is is freaking incredible you know we both yin and yang it, there's definitely moments where it's a lot and there's too much and we've had plenty of those over the journey but having her understanding and being able to share experiences together has only made me the leader i am today as much as i hope it helps her in certain ways too and we really bounce off each other we're very different people uh i am great on a yarn for sure and i love absolutely chewing the ear off most people and she, she probably not so much. She's very much like, I'm here to deliver. I'm here to do this. I'm here to do that. She's just one of the smartest humans I know and equally, you know, fiercely talented. But for me and her, like we're just two totally different leaders and two totally different styles and that's okay. The learnings though, as you mentioned, is very similar. The same challenges do crop up and having someone to soundboard that off and be so, uh, let's say, familiar is is such a plus and without that i wouldn't even bullfrog wouldn't be what it is today not only with an incredible wife and person that supports me 100 percent and allows me to take certain risks and we both take risks together and but being able to communicate the risks and why and go through that journey together is incredible and and uh i hope she would say the same thing which i know she would but it's an incredible, you know, it's incredible. It's an unfair advantage, I dare say. And I think it's, I'm just lucky that, you know, some people would be like, well, two, two, two CEOs, one household, but just two founders as well. And, you know, for me, it's just such a blessing, but I really come, I really resonate strongly and it's so bloody true. And this was early in our relationship where Janine shared this with Laura and yeah, might, your best business partner ever is the person that you choose to go home to and share that moment. It doesn't necessarily mean they need to be the CEO of a company or doing the same thing. It's being there to protect space, create space for each other to have good conversation and, and being able to unload and very grateful. But some days we both look at each other and we go, yeah, no, let's not talk about work. It's not today. And I want to, but it's not going to be a good conversation. And then we both just sort of like, okay, let's distract ourselves with something else. Yeah, totally. I can imagine there would be those days too. What kind of things like when you do like have those days or weeks or maybe it's a good week, maybe it's a bad week, what kind of, um, I don't want to say rules, what kind of like strategies do you have in place where you guys can, you know, obviously switch off and be able to, you know, be present and um, uh, really let go of your day or your week? I, I lightly touched on one before and that's around dinner times and making sure we're fully present as we share a meal together. Uh, and that could be a quick meal, but that could be some nights it's like we said eat because I need to jump back online. But 
uh, I've, I think a big thing for us is this over-communicating and sometimes we don't get it right. I didn't get it right yesterday. I had a late meeting and I forgot to tell Laws and you know, she's trying to organise dinner and was home a bit earlier and we sort of sort of come home at different points as well and we like to try to get home as early as possible, try to get in bed earlier as part of our routines and other things as well. But I think we now have, and, and more recently than ever, like we had a really both incredible 12 months last year building the businesses and equally this year has been incredible as well, six months in. And, but we just weren't communicating as effective as we would have liked and we sort of really unpacked that together when we had some downtime towards the back end, back end of last year. And, and now if we're having a bit of a tough day at work, it's just a simple text like, not the best day, so you better be ready to distract us. Sometimes we both have those days and we'll go distract each other and we might go out just have a bite to eat together, you know, and just talk about other things, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be going out, but just we just communicate more effectively uh, and because it's not easy and some days, you know, there's no right or wrong and we both need to dump on each other and, and but sometimes that's not the right answer either. And so I know it makes it seem like it's a real tough slog, but it really isn't, but there is definitely moments. Yeah, absolutely. As I guess there is in any relationship. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah. think it's going down. I feel like communication is probably like the one that we all, I guess, it's like just communicate better with everyone in life too, but especially the one that you um, want to go to bed with each night and make sure that you're keeping them happy. It's definitely, you know, uh, making sure that you're communicating effectively and being courteous of people's time. It still comes back to a lot of those things too and, and her time is as, as valuable as mine as it is everyone else's and yours included is just communicate effectively and have these little moments and little tactics that, can make you, you know, read the cues a bit better. And sometimes we all think we can read the minds of our partners and sometimes you can't. Uh, And so for me, making sure we've spoken about, well, how can I do better next time or how can I make sure this happens is a big part of, you know, something that I'm so stoked that me and Laura have such an open dialogue. I mean, I'm lucky that we sort of really always have, but we're never going to get it right all at once, that's for sure. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, it sounds like you guys have, have got the system down pat. Uh, which, is, which is obviously beneficial. It's not. It's, it's a work in progress. I can guarantee you that. But it's um, it, it's working. It's good for now. It's good for now. Yeah, works for now. That's it. And uh, I was obviously looking over um, you know what some bullfrogs um, programs and obviously you you spoke recently on your, your personal social account about how uh, you know some pretty confronting statistics on uh, women in business and in terms of yeah. you know, the funding stage of um, women founded business and mm. correct me if I'm wrong but was it Bullfrog that were doing some kind of initiative or program to support those women that are in those positions? Yeah so we're in the process right now and and we're we've had expressions of interest open for our fair advantage residency program which is has been deliberately built knowing the fact that creativity has a big role in playing of how brands can achieve uh, funding in general and so having experience on both sides and watching Laura do exactly the same and, and, you know, luckily, but not always, has gone through plenty of tough, tough conversations and been shut out of conversations equally so or belittled in rooms is, is, is as much as combating but also putting on a pedestal the fact that the overwhelming statistic uh, in Australia of zero, there's 2.3% of all businesses in the world are not... <laughs> are female founded that receive funding, which is a huge statistic, but even more so in Australia, only 0.7% of businesses that receive funding are founded by women. And so locally, it's more of a thing. Internationally, it's definitely a thing, but whether it's 2.3% globally or 0.7% locally in Australia, that's ridiculous. Uh, and I think it's just, well, the inequality in that is is incredible and, and incredibly bad. And I think for me, it's something that is natural and authentic to knowing the fact that understanding what your brand and how you talk about it in market is a huge part of brands being successful and in turn, equally, brands receiving funding or businesses receiving funding, no matter who, male, female, non-binary, like no matter who runs those businesses, it's a big, plays a huge part in how businesses succeed and grow. And we know that, that's what we do every day for a multitude of different brands and businesses. 
but even more so, it's a real, we want to create an unfair advantage uh, for women in business to go through our fair, fair Advantage Residency Program to work with us, the incredible people that are in my team, to help them on telling their story in the most powerful way, whether it is funding or just growing their business to the next stage. And it's a big answer that feels authentic to what we do, but knowing that it can't just be us and we're working with other partners, not just Bullfrog, and bringing them on the journey to help support them at different stages of their business life cycle. Because for us, it's really important to make sure that it's not, we can't solve every business problem, but we have incredible relationships with incredible people across our industry and across multiple, multiple industries that are coming on board to help support that program and that residency to make sure that they're supported and women in business are supported and given knowledge and shared knowledge that is only going to help them. So right now we're reviewing EOIs and expressions of interest, which was overwhelming the amount of applications we got and official applications are opening really soon, which will be a process that we'll go through with all the female founders and, and all the people that have done for expressions of interest in the program to make sure we can't necessarily take, we'd love to take on so many, but we, we can't and we're looking to do a handful a year. However, for me personally, it's one really close to my heart, obviously. One personally with my wonderful wife being a part of bucking that trend as well is incredible, but it's taken her an absolute journey to get there and some really tough conversations along the way. And so for me, it's a little bit of what I can do to make sure we give back to the community that I'm so lucky to be a part of in the world, but also try to push that needle on the statistic in the right direction as well. Yeah, hundred percent, and great initiative that you know to bring that as a part of um, you know, your company, and I, I guess involve all your partners too. Um, it was, yeah, it's, it is pretty shocking to think that in this day and age that we're still facing those kind of statistics, whether we look at them or not. Um, what do yeah. you think, like apart from you know outside of your what you the program that you're running and the initiative you're running for um, women that um, you know have uh, applied for interest? What do you think as like a bigger picture solution within Australia and obviously globally, do you think, um, you know, as a business owner yourself and a founder, what do you think needs to change in that culture for, for women to be more uh, uplifted and uh, respected, I want to say, within that kind of field of entrepreneurship? It's a bad, that's, that is a big question. That is, um, <laughs> Holy shit, that is one I have to answer pretty bloody well. But it's, I'm just going to say, you know, honestly, from what I can share from lived experiences and also I acknowledge the privilege as a white male saying these privileges too and saying and sitting here and even saying successful business, like I am the, the majority of that statistic, okay? And, and not that I've necessarily received funding, but I also have an unfair advantage in a lot of rooms compared to women and so many minority groups across the world. And... And so for me, in order to, like from what I can observe and lived experiences, and I, that's all I can share, I guess, from now is one of the biggest barriers and one thing that I'm really proud around our people policies and, and making sure we're more reflective of all people, not just even gender specific. Uh, and that's reflected in our paternity policies and everything else that we do as a business. It's not just one gender against all, but I would urge especially especially considering um, in a lot, majority of cases, women are the primary carers of children uh, and their kids through life. And that doesn't necessarily mean they um, have to give birth or have kids. There's plenty of kids that, you know, and plenty of parents that don't necessarily have to go through that. But a majority, and the statistics don't lie, that women be, are the primary carers when it comes to kids. And a lot of the time, careers are stopped in their tracks. And a lot of the time... Uh, employers and workplaces are not so open-minded to allowing women to return to work in a gradual um, and considered way. And so one of the big things that we've been really staunch about and making sure we're flexible and we have multiple parents uh, across the business that have been primary carers and are primary carers that we're having a staggered return to work. I just think businesses need to be more open-minded to making sure that we're receptive of people's needs in life and how do we make that work? Because that is a place that is such an incredible place to be in if you can be and facilitate people so they're not feeling added pressure uh, to go organise childcare or find, which is really hard to do, really hard to get on a wait list. And I've seen that with multiple team members uh, in Bullfrog is 
we need to be more open-minded in creating pathways for women to return to works predominantly, but all, regardless of women, primary carers to make sure they're considered and looked after. You know, for us, you, if we have six months of full pay paternity leave and then we have super contributions up to 12 months. And one of the biggest glaring stats, especially, and it's largely skewed to women, uh, is the fact that that super contributions later in life when they want to retire and put the feet up is far less than men for the reasons of being the primary carer. Mm. So allowing people to have even later in life to be able to enjoy um, what they've worked so hard for in their career, regardless of where they end up, little things to facilitate and be more considerate of the numbers don't lie and the majority of the data will present the options and having an answer to that. I think we just need to be more considerate. And while I give you a return to work or being more more open-minded to how primary carers can work and earn an income and, and facilitate and, and provide for their family, I think moving the needle on that just means that we just need to be more self-aware and realise that the, the society is moving at a rapid pace. COVID kicked it into overdrive as well. And we just need to be more accommodating and actually listen to what people need, not just women, men, non-binary people, is making sure that we actually listen to what people are asking for and be considerate and open-minded of how we go through that. Now, that's a bit of a, a stretch away from, or how do you push that statistic into the right direction? But it all correlates to each other. Because systemically, true gender equality is many, many years away, unfortunately, across the globe. Uh, Joe Horgan, the, the founder of Mecca, who's, you know, what an incredible Aussie story and, and build. I was at an International Women's Day lunch where she shared true gender equality is still 100 years away. It's pretty scary. So we don't start to be open. 100 years away. Statistically, we will not realise true gender equality for another 100 years. And that is pretty scary when you think about how long that is and don't know if I'll be around to see that, um, knowing statistics lie against us, but that doesn't mean we can't change that figure. Mm. And that was her biggest message is it's a big number, but if we don't be open-minded today and we just think it's too out of reach, we're never going to make improvement anyway. And so I think it really has to come back to a society that is more accepting, considered to all genders, but also specifically women based on the inequality that has been systemically ingrained in society for many, many, many years. And all cultures are different and it's important to acknowledge that too. However, we just need to be more open-minded and considered in the context of how we, A, as business owners or even people looking at a business that they can invest in, there's enough proof points of fiercely talented um, founders being successful. One of my, our incredible partners is Adore Beauty, founded by Kate Morris, one of the biggest success stories in recent years, publicly listed company, um, on you know, a 20 year business story that had an incredible last five, six years of business. And that in itself is a, a story of persistence, a story of growth, a story of strong ambition and vision that is not just an overnight success story, but bloody hell, what an incredible story now to reflect on and, and also pave the way along the side. I'm lucky that my wonderful wife is also trying to do that too. And so for me, having a residency, but also sharing you know, a perspective on it now is, is to make sure that we consider it and open-minded, but we're not shutting the door before the door has even been heard or even even understood properly. And I think that's part of the problem too. Mm. Yeah, I think that you're spot on. And that's that's, a, that's an awful question to ask you on a Friday afternoon, I know. <laughs> Being so big. It's a, it's a and big there's thing. so many ways I could have gone yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And, you know, I, I can talk personally, my partner, obviously we've we've got a nearly two-year-old. So she went through that journey of, um, you know, jumping out and then really almost feeling like you're, you're having to start again. I know if I took, you know, 12 to 18 months off and just dropped everything, I, you know, by the time I came back, I'd feel like I'm always starting, you know, learning how to run the bike again. So I think it's amazing, yeah. to see, you know, um, women like, you know, you're, you're like Laura really kicking ass in that industry and inspiring other women to, to do the same and not be scared of, you know, the, the boy, you know, the old school boys clubs that, that used to be around and, you know, wouldn't yeah. let women be a part of conversations or even thought of. So I find it really inspiring to see, you know, and I think Laura is one of many, um, women around the world that are really leading and um, showing the way for the future. And although, you know, 100 years seems a long time away, 
I think, you know, with 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 everything in shape and, you know, the, the program that you're running with Bullfrog, um, without those things in place, you know, it could be two, 500 years away. So hats off to you and um, yeah, everyone around it. Oh, well, thank you. And I think we've just got to continue to champion women at the end of the day and be considerate. And that's in all aspects of life. And the more we do that, the better. And the more that number will move faster. And that's what it really comes back to is not just, you know, basing on probably where we've all been brought up and I've been brought up under those same pretenses and, and family dynamics and it doesn't just have to be that way. And so I think we it all it's always a yin and yang between partners and people and all the above. And, you know, I think you see that as much as a return to work. It is like riding a bike and it can be really freaking intimidating. And yeah. it's because their whole life has changed and life changes. I haven't yet um, had children, but with enough friends and people in the business and parents, it's, it's life-changing for so many incredible reasons, but it's also really challenging too. And so being considerate and creating a space and a safe space as an employer, as much as someone that is trying to build a business and passion that they're passionate about, is we should be more just open-minded and championing women as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I think it's just incredible that um, yeah, there's so much of it going on around us. Um, but, mate, on that note, I'll, I'll, I'll let you get back to, to finish off your week and um, go and have a beer with that amazing team, of course. And, um, mate, really appreciate you coming on. Um, I, know, I know how busy it is and, you know, I think it's great that you, you're open to having these chats, you know, on many podcasts that, that you've been on, I'm sure. So um, love the work you're doing and, you yeah, really looking forward to following um, you know, what you're doing with Bullfrog and leading the way forward. Mate, just thank you so much for your time and, and well done on the, you know, the podcast and what you're building. And, and, and at the end of the day, the diverse knowledge and knowledge that you're sharing with the community is incredible. And it's, it's why I love podcasts so much as an avid listener, as much as um, being able to digest and learn from other people. It's such an incredible way to hear different perspectives. So hats off to you and, uh, and just thank you for having me on and thank you for having a yarn at the end of the day. Absolutely, mate. The next time you're up in Byron, we'll uh, have to grab a beer together. 100%, mate. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Dalton.